0: He nā, e nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia ora, nā mai mai ki te au hurehanga. Hello and welcome to Our Changing World, kō Now, before we start, I want you to know that I've got some tissues here if you need them. Because if you think you've been sneezing more than usual this summer, you're probably not wrong. The El Niño climate pattern has meant lots of warm, windy days and lots of pollen out and about and getting right up your nose. Not a great time for hay fever or asthma sufferers. High pollen levels are a key trigger for symptoms and attacks. But for the first time in way too long, those levels are being tested. Researchers from three different universities have installed a pollen trap on the roof of one of Auckland's most beautiful buildings. Senior producer Justin Gregory went up with them to collect some samples, but got a bit distracted by the view.
1: a palaver to get up onto the roof of the Auckland War Memorial Museum, but once you're up there, I tell you, it's worth it. Oh my goodness. Well, I don't know about the science up here, but I can tell you that the view from up on the roof of the Auckland War Memorial Museum is just astounding. We're heading around the edge of the glass roof and towards the testing station, which is sitting right on top of a concrete bunker its tail flapping gently in the wind yeah. The trap is a vented green metal bin like an old school metal camp cooker with a blade on top of it to catch the wind You can see some photos of it on the Our Changing World website Master student Natasha Inyadi is about to climb up to remove this week's sample
2: So first we need to stick in a lot to stop the blade from moving so it doesn't hit us as we're changing out the pollen sampler Um, and then you open the top of it and then uh, this is where the um, tape is.
1: The tape is wound inside a metal drum. It's like a small film canister. Pollen enters the drum through vents in the trap and collects on the tape. Natasha swaps the old drum for a new one.
2: And then there is a key um, which we use... And then we turn this until the drum gets quite tight. And the key is to wind up the clock mechanism, which takes for seven days.
1: Yep, the pollen trap operates by clockwork, slowly unwinding over the course of a week and catching the pollen that drifts in. After winding it up, Natasha closes the lid and cleans the vents on the machine with a small dental brush. And... The Looks like we're done here.
2: Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Last step is just to unlock the um, blade again so that it can move around in the wind.
1: Terrific. And it's moving in the wind again. Yeah. Ready for another week.
2: (laughs) Now I get down before it hits me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This pollen trap has been operating for around six months now. Have a guess how many traps were running before then. The answer? None. Not one, not one single pollen trap in New Zealand. Not a
2: single pollen trap, which was quite shocking.
1: It is. This is Associate Professor Stuti Mizra, optometrist and scientist at Waipapa Do the University of Auckland. She co-leads the project with Associate Professor Amy Chan, a pharmacist and asthma researcher also at Auckland University. Amy, too, found our lack of traps surprising.
3: I had a PhD student look at the effects of um, weather on asthma hospitalisation, she said, "Oh, Amy, I can't get. There's no pollen data." And I'm like, "Don't be silly. It's it's right there. Just contact the met service and find out what's going on. You know, just get the the data and the data source." And she's like, "No, no, I'm." Um, I've contacted a met service and they said this data is provided by someone called David Fountain. Um, And he is an expert around pollen and he's generated a pollen calendar to say these are the types of pollen that have traditionally been around at this time of the year. And that's what they draw on as well with a combination of considering things like weather and wind.
1: It's been years since anyone captured and analysed pollen and spores in this country. 35 years in fact in 1988. More data, and more up-to-date data, was needed. Why? Well, in short, asthma and allergies. Pollen is a big trigger for allergic rhinitis, hay fever, and asthma. It's no secret that Aotearoa has high rates of asthma. About one in eight adults suffer from it, and about one in five children.
3: We have much higher rates than Australia and the UK, and recently our data also shows our asthma attack rates are really really high. Um, So, when I looked at the number of asthma attacks um, in a year and divided by the number of people who have asthma, there is actually an asthma attack being experienced by a person with asthma every two and a half minutes. I was concerned because not only does New Zealand have very high rates of asthma, our asthma isn't controlled, and that's really the most important part: is that our asthma attack Rates are really high.
1: And those rates are not improving. It's quite the opposite.
3: Asthma attacks have risen by a third over the last decade. Bird. So we know people's asthma are getting worse. And in terms of our pollen data, our very early pollen data from our count, what we're seeing that is that the number of days of high pollen counts have increased by seventy five percent over um, the last, you know, thirty years compared to the last count in nineteen eighty eight.
1: So, since July 2023, a team led by Amy and Stuthi has been at work trapping pollen and spores, identifying and counting them.
4: This is a light microscope here, which we use, so I'll get that all turned on.
1: Back in a lab at the School of Environment and Environmental Chemistry, PhD student Laura McDonald is working with Natasha Inyadi to process this week's pollen. After the tape is extracted and transferred to slides, a pink dye is applied to make the pollen pop when it's under a microscope. Laura does the counting.
4: So at the moment I'm looking at the slides on uh, 200 times magnification, so blowing everything up by 200 times. When I'm actually counting the pollen, I use uh, 400 times magnification. So I don't count the whole slide, I just count about 15% of the slides, so... I move across the slide in kind of nice, even transects. So it's about four transects of the slide, and then we kind of then do, like, convert it. It would take such a long time if I was to count the whole slide, (laughs) especially in the peak of grass season. I'd be here for hours.
1: Understood. And immediately up on the screen Mm. has popped up the pink.
4: Yes, the pink. And you see, you can see it, right? It's such a bright pink on the white background. So this one here um, is Cuprasaceae. There's two there. Um, this one is a full one and this one here is the exact same type of grain, but it's actually just split apart.
1: Right. So the, the full one is a complete sort of round yep. circle and the other one is you say it's just sort of burst apart at the center and
4: I actually think of lots of them actually look like Pac-Man. Some of them that one's like Pac-Man with his mouth wide you. open, but yeah, yeah. lots of them are actually just like that and Yeah,
1: and there's a ghost in between them that is about. Yeah, to there eat. is. Yeah.
4: Sometimes also you get kind of funny stuff because these are fresh pollen grains all the kind of cell, I'm not a biologist in that sense, but all the kind of bits inside the pollen grains can sometimes come out. So yes, that's cuprisaceae, that's the um, Latin kind of name for the taxa, but it's macrocarpa.
1: Um, Looks like we've just brought in last week's sample, is that right? Yeah. Shall we chuck one on and... Why not? Let's see if
4: I can find something. So some of the slides as well end up... Having almost no pollen on them. It really depends on the weather. So, if it's like been a rainy day, um, it just means there's way less pollen in the air in compared to like say a windy, hot day. There will just be so much pollen in the slides.
1: Not a lot of pink popping up. No, there isn't. This is from Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a rainy day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's what's Mm -hmm.
4: that? Just a bit of nothing, sadly.
1: All right, but so far, a low pollen day. The Auckland team have been gathering that data for less than a year, but there are some interesting findings there already. Amy Chan again
3: grass season seems to have come in earlier, about three or four days earlier than back in 1988.
1: Is that significant, um, three or four days?
3: Yes, because it, uh, it suggests that there is a shift towards earlier um, onset grass season and bearing in mind this is only one pollen trap at one site and so if we were, had more pollen sites around New Zealand we might see you know, a, a shift towards even greater number of days and every shift over a period of time I guess means that uh, pollen sufferers um, people who um, are suffering from hay fever or asthma—they're exposed to a longer pollen season as it shifts earlier and what we were trying to find out is when it ends as well. So projections may be that it's also shifting to finish later. Um, and the early data shows that number of days that have high pollen count from grass pollen have increased by seventy five percent. Seventy
1: five percent. Seventy
3: five percent compared to nineteen eighty eight counts. So not only is it happening earlier, but the amount of pollen that people are getting on the days where there is pollen is much higher as well. So you're getting a blast of pollen coming through the air um, and that's much higher volumes than what it might have been in the 1980s.
1: Amy Chan and Stuthi Mizra's pollen capture research is funded for just a year but that's still a year more than the last three decades have seen and good data is already emerging about seasonal variations in pollen. Of course there's more to discover.
3: But ideally, we want monitoring to continue for at least you know a period of three, four years, because only then can we compare trends from year to year. And um, the US models, so there was a paper that was published in 2022, is a very recent data that shows, based on US modelling, we're expecting over a century that Poland will increase by 200% in this century if it's left unchecked, if climate change isn't um, controlled, and, and that the days of shift may shift by you. Know, um, 20 days earlier and it could last 40 days later as well so your whole season where people are exposed to pollen is potentially increased by you know a couple of months
1: and that's obviously significant best of all they'd like to see a series of traps permanently installed around the country because we're talking about more than managing asthma and avoiding hay fever here
3: Overseas, the data shows that it affects, you know, cognition and function, um, development um, in children, performance in schools and at work, and also can impact cardiac and respiratory health as well. So the impacts of climate change and Poland could be far wider than just asthma and hay fever, but that's what we're hoping to find, that if we have Poland data, it could be a game changer in how we manage health and project
0: healthcare resourcing as well. Thanks, Justin. That was senior producer Justin Gregory who reported and produced this story. He spoke to Associate Professors Amy Chan and Stuti Misra from Waipapa Taumata the University of Auckland. Dr. Kat Holt from Massey University is also on the research team. Production help was by me, and Cannon, and Ellen Rikers. Sound engineering was by William Saunders, and Tim Watkin is Executive Producer of Podcasts and Series at RNZ. Our webpage is at rnz.co.nz slash our changing world, where we'll share some photos and further research if you're interested. You can also sign up to our monthly newsletter there. And if you've got feedback for us, you can email ourchangingworld at rnz.co.nz. Tēnākwe i Thanks so much for listening. Kōkrek and Kananaho, Have a great week. Kia pai, te wiki. Where's that dust coming from?